I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Okay, so some people often get in touch with me, Simon Miller, the board a-hole, here on Ups and Downs, and say, Simon, you don't take wrestling serious enough, and your show is too silly McGilly. So I was like, all right, I like to listen to feedback, so let's get serious. So I'm going to put on some glasses, they seem pretty serious. Going to put on a crown, because if you're like in charge and you're the king or the queen, you've got to be serious. And I'm going to put on this moustache. Which is kind of ridiculous because I've already grown a beard. But have you ever seen anyone with a moustache having fun? No. So there you go. That's it. My name is Simon Miller. And welcome to the latest episode of Ups and Downs for AEW Dynamite. (laughs) Right. That's enough of that. Let's get silly. William Regal was in the ring to start off this week's AEW Dynamite. And he was speaking on behalf of MJF. I mean, what a crazy time to be alive. Now, this was interesting, because on the one hand, if AEW does want Maxwell Jacob Friedman to get booed, having him on a Chicago show is probably a good idea, because they would boo the shit out of him. But then again, this AEW crowd is crazy, so maybe not. I mean, they did start shouting, flub you regal, so something is definitely working. But either way, MJF right now is on the movie set for the Iron Claw film. So that guy's just kicking ass. Willie was telling us that he would explain all next week and it all comes down to some kind of email between the pair. So that's interesting. When John Moxley's music hit and I was like, Regal, you were about to die. It still made me laugh because he did do his full entrance, even though he was clearly mad here. And before he even got in the ring, all the crowd was chanting CM Punk. So wrestling in 2022 is just absolutely wild. I mean, you never know what's going to happen. Anyhow, this was really cool because just as Mox did get in the ring, Brian Danielson appeared. He slid in there too when he was like, John Moxley, you need to calm down. Everybody just needs to calm down. You've made mistakes. I've made mistakes. William Regal has clearly made mistakes. And when Jonathan didn't listen, do you know what Brian did? He slapped him right around the face. Somehow that kind of worked. This thing got super personal and emotional though, because Brian was all like, the reason you can't touch him is because you and my father both went through similar things and I never understood this. And the only person that helped me reconnect with my dad was William Regal. So even if he has been a goober here, please show him mercy. I was like, holy crap. I didn't think we were going to go in this direction. 
got me in the tum-tum. You also mentioned Moxley's daughter and how when she grows up, she may need to go through a similar experience. I was like, ah, ah, where the hell are we going now? When Mox got the microphone, he got right in William Regal's face and he just said, here's what I want you to do. I want you to go away and never look back. Was basically Judge Dredd. Regal did eventually slowly walk away as the crowd sung the goodbye song. So I was like, well, that's a juxtaposition. And I suppose we did do this because William Regal can't take any bumps, but who the hell cares? This was so much more creative and so much more interesting than anything else we could have done. And now I can't wait to see what the explanation is next week. So I am going to give it an up. What does the email say? And look, given how crazy the crowd was on this night, it gave me an idea. It's always nice to give the fans feedback. So, for the first time on Ups and Downs, I'm very happy to welcome you to the Fans Forum, where I shall go through the comments, I shall pick out a random one, and I shall read it out, because again, then we got a nice back and forth relationship. So I have the Dynamite Ups and Downs from last week on my phone here. We're just going to click it, we're going to scroll, we're going to scroll, we're going to scroll. There we go, it's from Adam228, who says, Simon, you piece of shib, I hate you, you biased asshole. One day, we will all find out the terrible things you have done. <laughs> I hope you die. This was a terrible idea. We were then meant to have an interview with Keith Lee and Rennie Paquette did start chatting to him when Swerve Strickland interrupted and he kind of covered up the camera lens as he was saying, man, we need to talk. So once again, I was chuckling. He had like four days to have a chat with Keith, but no, I'm waiting till we're on live TV. AEW then just knew what I wanted and they gave it to me. Thank you. Because it was Orange Cassidy versus Jake Hagar. And while there was some good wrestling in this, the whole thing was structured around goofy wrestling. Because much like my clown, Jake Hagar was so obsessed with his hat. He didn't want anybody looking at his hat. He didn't want anybody touching his hat. And if it fell on the floor, he just lost his mind and went crazy. Now, I know this isn't everybody's cup of tea, and nor should it be, but as ever, Goofy wrestling for life. It got even better too, because as Hagar was running around after his head device, Orange Cassidy was obviously doing his gimmick too with the kicks, and man, I don't really care until I go absolutely crazy. So this was like Christmas come early, or Hanukkah. At one point, Jake put on Orange Cassidy's sunglasses too, so we were just having all the fun. But the first time Cassidy did muck around with his hat wear, he just went bonkers and he flattened. Cassidy was still finding a way to wind him up to the point Matt Menard and Angelo Parker in there. And they were trying to get the hat back and they weren't able to do it. So you can see why I enjoyed this. It was silly. The best friends are out there too. So when Cassidy was knocked off the ring apron, they grabbed him. But Jake Hagar was still so wound up. He just went rah and he started taking everybody out. Which is when Orange did this big dive in order to balance the books. 2022 wrestling. There was this really cool bit where Orange was able to reverse a DDT into the stun dog millionaire. But that's when Jake was like, well, anything you can do, I can do better. So when he went for the orange punch, he was able to transition into the ankle lock. Pretty cool. Of course, to get out of that, Cassidy just went back after the hat again. And Jake was like, would you just leave it alone? But this served as a kind of distraction. And when he turned around, he got hit by the most devastating move in all of sports entertainment. The surprise roll up. And he lost. So, yep, he was more concerned with his clothes than he was trying to win the All-Atlantic Championship, but I don't care. There is so much wrestling on TV. Do you want it all to be the same? Of course you don't. Trust me, it would get so damn dull and it would so get so boring. Giving it up. Afterwards, the factory were out to do something because they surrounded the ring and they were about to attack. When the lights went off, 
Surely her heart appeared looking like the flipping undertaker, which meant the House of Black was back. And my word, they went and killed everybody. When they destroyed the best friends as the factory was applauding, they got destroyed too. Then a bunch of security guards came out and they were destroyed, including throwing some people onto the rampway. When Malachi Black got a microphone and basically said, listen, AEW roster, you're all in for a world of hurt. And the whole time the crowd went nuts. So it was so simple and effective and rehabbed the whole team in around about 35 seconds. And they're just so damn cool. And there's nothing wrong with being cool. So I am going to give it an up. Let's keep this momentum going. Jungle Boy Jack Perry then admitted that while he hates Luchasaurus, he was very happy to share that moment with him at Full Gear in the cage. Well, that's kind of weird, because I'm pretty sure if you chatted to the dinosaur, he'd be like, well, I didn't enjoy it. You kicked my ass. He has been through enough, too, given that his entire family and his entire race got wiped out. But don't worry about that, because then it was time for something pretty damn big. The finals of the World Titer Eliminator Tournament. Ricky Starks versus Ethan Page. So I was an absolute mess. It's like my children fighting. Weird thing to say. Starks obviously had the advantage here too because he'd already beaten Brian Cage and now he was taking on Ethan Page. And if he was able to become a mage, he would find his rage. <laughs> really sorry. It was a great story here though because Ricky was all taped up to the point it's like he was wearing new wrestling gear. Because of course he did have to go through Brian and he had to go through Lance Archer. And both those guys are massive, so they totally wrecked him. But given that Ricky Starks, maybe in all of professional wrestling, is the greatest underdog ever, he kept fighting up he kept fighting up and you couldn't help but root for him Ethan realized this too because his wounds were basically flashing red like a video game so he went after them and even when Starks was able to evade attacks do you know what Ethan did he just booted him right in the ribs like, yeah, that'll do it. From nowhere, Starks was able to hit the spear, but he wasn't able to capitalize. So Paige was like, <laughs> you're in trouble now. And he threw him into Barry Barricade and he threw him into Rita the Ring Post. You see, this is why we gave them names, because they're always being utilized and they deserve a personality. Starks was making a one-armed comeback at one point, but once again, Ethan Page was like, no, and just dropped him on the top rope. But because Rick kept coming, this is when Stokely Hathaway started to cause interference. So the referee was like, right, Stokes, you're now going to have to leave. And I actually thought this was quite smart because that made me really go, well, there's your out. Now Ethan Page can hit something and win. But he didn't. Because when the two were tussling on the top, somehow Ricky Starks was able to hit a superplex. And I was like, well, that can't be good for your bones. And even though he tried to get Ethan and Page up to do the Rochambeau and he couldn't do it, Ethan then screwed up the ego's edge. So Ricky Starks hit a spear and he hit another spear and he hit another spear and another spear and another spear. I think it was just three spears. But he hit a trio of them and he pinned Ethan Page for the one, two, three. Now, this does make actually a lot of sense because it means come winter of coming, it is going to be Ricky Starks versus is MJF for the world title. So one, we're obviously doubling down on the fact that Maxwell is a heel, but two, how flubbing great is that? We are going to have two homegrown AEW stars fighting for the biggest prize in the game. And if we tell this story correctly, even though Fridman only has just won it, I bet we can cause just a little bit of doubt. I liked all of this. Make sure we have something to go with Ethan Page too, because he's great. Ah. Quick video of Samojo winning the TNT title and Wardlow responding to him. So we are carrying on with that food. So that's a couple of thumbs. When we actually had footage of Jake Cargill confronting Bow Wow at one of his concerts recently. This is like long-term storytelling, 
they'd been yelling at each other on social media for months. We were then backstage with the champ who said that she wasn't going to give that whack-ass rapper any more clout. So I'm taking whack-ass and I'm putting it in my vocabulary when she also welcomed Red Velvet back to the baddies. That is accurate. She was right there. It then got a little bit weird because Jade Cargill said they'd do their celebration next week, which is when Kira Hogan kind of spoke up. So Mark Sterling walked in and said to Hogan, here's your walking papers. You haven't fulfilled your responsibilities as a baddie. So you're out. I mean, that is barely a sentence. But also, I thought Jade got rid of Mark Sterling. So why has Mark Sterling just come back into the fold? What the hell did Hogan do to get her kicked out? However, I do kind of feel like this is leading to some shenanigans, so I am going to wait and see. But this does feel like we crossed the story streams here. As the Ghostbusters told us years and years ago, you never cross the streams. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Before we go any further, though, this show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Now, we all carry around different stresses. They can be big life worries or just, you know, little things like your favorite wrestler not being used properly. The thing is, when we keep them bottled up, it really can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever is weighing you down. It is really helpful, too, for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. Therapy basically empowers you to be the best version of yourself. So why not give better help a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and best of all, suited to your schedule. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash whatculture today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash whatculture. And then, my word, we are going to be talking about what came next. For ages. Because it was the Death Triangle versus the Elite Round 2. And all week long, people have been going, how are they going to do a best of seven series? How are they going to come up with something different each and every single time? Forgetting that these six may be some of the greatest professional wrestlers on the planet. They did have a plan, though. And it was carnage. (laughs) Utter, utter chaos and carnage. Because Kenny Omega and the Young Bucks, being the smart tamales they are, were like, look, we're in Chicago. We're probably going to be heels. So why don't we play up to it? So not only did we get a GTS from Kenneth Omega, not only did we get a buckshot Larry attempt from Mac Jackson that didn't go well, but at one point, Kenny Omega bit someone. 
And if you know, you know. Straight away, everyone started saying, oh my gosh, this must be CM Punk is coming back, but we don't know. And unless it does happen, we're never going to know. And I want to remind everyone that all the people involved in this fallout from All Out are probably still struggling with it. So let's give them a little bit of respect. And given that it is 2022, when Vince McMahon retired, Cody Rhodes jumped ship, Stone Cold Steve Austin came back and a whole other hoopla of things. I'm just going to hold my hands up and say, I don't know. I don't know. So I'm just going to enjoy the show and wait and see. Otherwise, this was just awesome because they picked up where they did leave off from the weekend. And hopefully when all is said and done, we can get some kind of feud between Omega and Pac because when they're together in the ring, it's just so damn good. I mean, that's a redundant thing to say because we are getting it right now, but I still feel like I had to say it. At one point, Penta got a hot tag as well, and he hit so many DDTs. I swear someone in the back had said, listen, I'm really sorry, Penta, but this is the last day you can use one. And then I think Phoenix felt like he needed to show off because he hit this insane springboard hurricane runner. And I'm sorry, he is just the definition of two plus two equals potato. He doesn't make any sense. I should also mention that Pac was wearing this mask thing, so I think he had his nose broken at full gear, so I hope he is okay. But at one point, the elite got rid of it, and they hit him with a triple super kick, so that was mean. But just as the young bucks were going for the melter driver, Phoenix made the save. Once again, the elite knew how they were going to be responded, so they went and got that damn hammer, and Matt Jackson whacked Phoenix right in the balls. And I was just cracking up at this point because the star of this program so far is the hammer. I mean, he pops up every week. This is when we got a massive surprise, though, because it's when Penta all of a sudden decided to embrace the hammer. I think he's the only one that hasn't done it so far. He smacked Matt Jansen right on the head when he was about to do it to someone else. And given that he had just been struck with a murder weapon, he fell down. He pinned him. One, two, three. Meaning the triangle of dreath is now two to nothing up. I didn't see it coming. So I loved all of this because it was so smart understanding your fan base and how they were going to react. And I don't even care that we could have five more. Give me 10 more because I totally believe they will come up with something new every single time. And I'm excited and I can't wait to see it. And it's getting it up. Freddie Paquette then did announce that Thunder Rosa has agreed to give up her AEW women's title officially, meaning Jamie Hayter is now the real AEW women's champion. I just hope that Thunder Rosa is okay. When we started to tease that maybe Jamie Hayter and Britt Baker are going to break up because they were on the stage with Renee Paquette. And as soon as Jamie was going to talk, Britt stole the microphone. She's got an ego and she's obsessed. This worked very well too because our next match was Hater and Baker teaming up to take on Willow Nightingale and Sky Blue as well as Ty Mello and Anna JS. It's like, where the fuck did that come from? Why not though, eh? Because I swear AEW goes out of their way to give you a fun party match every single week. And on this evening, we got two. And every single person in this did exactly what they needed to do. I mean, Mello and Jay got suplexed by Jamie Hayter at one point because she is a powerhouse. And after this, Britt Baker got in there and she started hitting Spling Blades. So look at this. They are now teaming up and they're acting as a team. They're acting as a pair. Because of course, in a few weeks, Britt Baker's going to screw her over. After it went bad for Britt too, she tagged in Willow Nightingale, which I always enjoy because you're like well it's a triple tag match and I don't want to get beaten up anymore so I choose you and I tell you man this Willow she is so damn good she took this tag and run wild before Sky Blue was in there getting her some self some too and if there were some AEW women's tag team champions I would say you should give the belts to these two. Sandy, they spilled out to the floor when they did do this. Nightingale got thumped for a while, but you know the deal with professional wrestling. There was a moment when Britt Baker, Ty Mello, Anna JS, and Jay 
Jamie Hayter all fell out because they don't like each other. So Nightingale was like, all right. She tagged in Sky Blue, who got her own hot tag. And I thought this was a necessary thing to do because recently, every time we see Sky, she just gets her ass kicked. But here she got a little something something. She looked pretty damn good. It all led to a big pin, which got broken up by Jamie Hayter, which is when it was time for you to do a move because I'm going to do a move. And then she's going to do a move. And then your grandma will do a move between your Uncle Leo will do a move. I mean, it was just bang, 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 bang. All the tag klaxon went off, ha, and it all finished. When Sky Blue hit her Code Blue, whatever it's called, the flipping pile driver, onto Britt Baker. Seriously, that was broken up at the last second, and I bit on it. Given that they did get out of this, though, it's when Baker grabbed Sky. She threw it into Jamie Hayter, who gave her that big backbreaker. That sent Blue onto the floor, so Britt gave her the curb stomp. One, two, three, they got the win, and now they have some momentum. Why do they have some momentum? So it can all go bad. I like this. It was good. FTR and Top Flight then had a massive love-in backstage where it was basically like, "Uh, you are such a good tag team. No, you're such a good tag team. And there was so much joy in the room, they're going to fight on Rampage. I think for the Ring of Honor tag team titles. Given that we were focusing on pairings during the latter part of Dynamite 2, this is when the acclaim came to the ring. And you're not going to believe this. I did some investigating and everybody loves them. They were basically out here so Max Caster could say how happy he was to still be the tag team champions and Anthony Bones could tell us that his shoulder is getting better and Billy Gunn Daddy Ass could reveal that his hand is healed. So just when they were about to do some scissoring, they got interrupted on the big screen by Satnam Singh, Jay Lethal, and Sanjay Dutt. Now, to be fair, Kangster had mentioned them in his rap, which is why they had turned up being like, don't talk about us. And yeah, Jeff Jarrett walked into frame. He walked around just saying, man, I don't like you guys. I thought about it, I don't like you guys. That's right, I don't like you guys. That's when Billy Gunn cut him off and told him to shut his old ass up when they did do a scissor. That was it. <laughs> That was the whole segment. Now, I'm going to give it an up because I think the acclaimed are great and they just make me happy. And that's all I need to be in life. But somebody did tweet me at Simon316, deep plug, and they said, wait a minute, Simon, we're clearly going to go into a tag team title feud between these two teams. But didn't Jay Lethal and Jeff Jarrett just lose to Sting and Darby Allen? The answer is yes. Now I have to hold my hands up and say that somehow Jarrett has been so good over these last few weeks. I now totally enjoy seeing him. But I can't argue with that. You've done me. You've got me to rights there. I can't argue it. So I do have to take the finger of power and I shall give it a down. But look, if we do do Jay Lethal versus Jeff Jarrett, no, Jay Lethal and Jeff Jarrett taking on the acclaimed, that's just a good title TV match where Jarrett and Jay will lose. I actually have no problem with that whatsoever. For sure, maybe they should have won at the pay-per-view. We then switched gears to our main event because the Ring of Honor World Championship was on the line. And this Chris Jericho man, I don't know how you feel about it, but I think we may be onto something with him. And it's the same with Tomohiro Ishii, honestly. These two guys just defy time. They're always so good. Jericho is also nuts, so he decided the first thing he was going to do was slap Ishii right around the face. And you could just imagine how he reacted to this. He was just like, ha, 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 you can't do that to me. 
and he killed him. I mean, this was the equivalent of telling your dad to flub off, it's never going to go well, and Jericho got booted in the back so hard, I think my bones broke, which is when Chris's next plan was, okay, well, why don't we engage in a forearm battle? And surprise, surprise, that didn't go very well for him either. We were then missing code breakers and enziguris, and when they did clash in the middle, Jericho took this massive bump, and it was around about here in the match where I was just like, honestly, these two guys, they actually could fight forever. And no, eventually I would get bored, but like I say, they are getting up there in age, but they're still able to do it. They then chopped each other for literally about three minutes to the point that Jericho's chest was bleeding. So this guy, and when he went for the 10 punch in the four corner, Ishii was just like, nope, I'm not into this, and gave him a powerbomb. This was great. Christopher finally realized he needed something big, so he hit the DDT onto the apron. And yes, I looked into it. That is the hardest part of the ring. And while Ishii sold this a little bit, well, he didn't. To be completely honest with you, he just popped back up. And I know a lot of people don't like that spot, but I do not belong to this group. I cheer for it every time. It was then time to trade German suplexes and Ich liebe Deutsche Suplex when Jericho was able to hit the lion's salt and Ishii kicked out at one. I can't lie, I'm popped. The champion freaked out, so he hit the code breaker, but once again, that barely faced Ishii. So he just got back to his feet and he headbutted Chris Jericho so hard, I went down. I mean, that was just how much impact there was. Chris knew he needed something, so he reversed the brain buster into the walls of Jericho, so that was really cool. But Tomohiro didn't care about this. So once again, he was back up, and he hit a code breaker on his own, and he hit a lariat for a one, two, ah, kick out. I can't lie, almost got me. The finish was so damn good too, because Chris Jericho realized that Ishii wasn't gonna stay down, so he put him back in the walls of Jericho. But as he was still wriggling, jiggling, he turned that into the lion tamer. And do not get me wrong, that visual was pretty badass. And Ishii, knowing that he was screwed, flipped off Chris Jericho before he did tap out. So you can say that Ishii was the loser, but was he? No. Chris Jericho is also just having banger after banger after banger as the ROH world champion. I just think it's so more effective when it's the only Ring of Honor stuff on the show. So I am absolutely giving this an up. I thought it was terrific. He then went on a stompathon after this because once again he was going to try and beat up Ian Riccoboni because he's obsessed with that. But this is when Claudio Castagnoli came flying out of nowhere. He smashed Chris Jericho with an uppercut and you'd have to presume that come final battle we're going to do Jericho versus Claudio. That makes all the sense in the world. They're two massive, massive stars. Which brought us to the end of Dynamite, and I thought this was a terrific show, especially coming off full gear, where you wanted to keep that momentum going. And there are so many storylines where I'm like, huh, I don't know what we're gonna do. I think that Winter is Coming television show is gonna be excellent as well. Give it get up. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.